Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Bets and Picks, presented by Prize Picks. Once again, JT Hayes, Run Pure Sports, going to talk about the six-game slate on Monday night. You know about Prize Picks, right? We've talked about this every week. Somebody talks about it, one of us, almost every day of the week here at the Mayo Media Network. It's very simple. Prize Picks is going to put out a line. They're going to set an over and under of fantasy points using DraftKings scoring. You pick whether you think that player is going to go over or under that number. It's a really fun way to add to what we're already doing with daily fantasy sports and even sports wagering if you're doing that, the overs, the unders, the bets at the different sites. In order to get started, you have to create an account, prizepicks.com. You want to use code MMNMLB. That's MMN, like Mayo Media Network, MLB. You're going to receive a $100 deposit match. So go to prizepicks.com, use code MMNMLB. And in order to make sure that we can continue bringing you these free picks every day of the week, pretty much, go ahead and like this video and subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. Now, let's get on to the prize picks for Monday night. Only a six-game slate here, and it's an interesting one because it's one that's quite a bit different than what we saw on Friday night and certainly what we saw on Sunday afternoon. It's one that I think offense is going to be a little bit harder to come by here. But there's two players that stand out to me. The Detroit Tigers return home. They're going to face Sam Henches for the Cleveland Indians, left-handed pitcher. Sam Henches just doesn't seem like he's quite major league ready. And believe it or not, the Detroit Tigers have come on of late playing some really good baseball. Honestly, not a surprise. A.J. Hinch. Really great manager in Houston. Obviously had the issues that forced him away from the game and caused a little bit of turmoil both in Houston and in his life. But no surprise that he's got them playing really well and the way this roster is constructed. They're playing really well against left-handed pitching in particular. And one guy that stands out to me, a guy who has just been out of his mind with a weighted on base average of over 400 over the last couple of weeks, is a leadoff hitter. A guy that has bounced around, but honestly may have found something new here in Detroit under A.J. Hinch, and that's Robbie Grossman. The over-under for him is seven fantasy points. Look, Robbie, over the last, not just two weeks, maybe the last month since he's gotten it going, he's not just a guy that gets on base. He could steal bases. He's hit a couple of home runs over the last couple of weeks, and he can get those extra base hits. So seven fantasy points in a matchup that against Sam Hentges, I think, is one of the better matchups on this six-game slate. I'm going to go ahead and take the over with Robbie Grossman and seven fantasy points. Another matchup I like that I think is going to be, no doubt, under the radar. This is against a pitcher that has thrown a no-hitter this year. He's been good. He's actually a guy that I wasn't particularly a believer in his talent, but certainly... He's just started the year off so well, but he's going into Minnesota to face the Twins. Twins haven't been playing well at all, but one thing they do, and they're built to do, is do well against left-handed pitching. And so John Means heading into Minnesota. Josh Donaldson off to a little bit of a rough start here. Injured. He's, he's battled injuries over the course of the last several years. I think the year he spent in Atlanta was maybe, even though he was out sometime then, might be the healthiest that he's been over the last several years. But that being said, over under for Josh Donaldson at six and a half fantasy points. 
it's not just John Means because after him you've got that Baltimore Orioles bullpen. The Orioles are rebuilding. It's coincidentally or not the same architects, many of the same architects who built the Houston Astros team that has been so dominant for the last several years is rebuilding the Orioles. But the bullpen is not where they want it to be quite yet. And it just hasn't been very good. In fact, it's been one of the worst in Major League Baseball. So between facing a left-hander, John Means, and getting at least one to two at-bats, cracks against that Oriole bullpen, give me Josh Donaldson in the over six and a half fantasy points. That does it for the prize picks for Monday night. All right, so last Sunday I came on and I talked and I said, hey, there were no no no-hitters this week. So we can move on and talk about other things. But, hey, we're back to talking about no-hitters because there was not one this week. There were two no-hitters this week. And we'll start with the first one, Spencer Turnbull in Seattle. Nine innings pitched, nine strikeouts. This is the second time that Seattle has been no-hit this year. A little bit more on that later. But a really outstanding performance by Spencer Turnbull, another guy who's battled some injuries was hurt a little bit to start the season, but just one of, obviously, his most dominant performances, not just of his season, but of his career. Really good. Seemed to spark the Detroit Tigers. They've gone on and been playing some really good baseball over the last couple of weeks, but outstanding performance from Spencer Turnbull last Tuesday night. The very next night, we get yet another no-hitter, Corey Kluber. That's right, Corey Kluber. Outstanding performance, outstanding story. Corey Kluber is hurt much of the last several years. Pitched a little bit for Texas last year, actually, where he pitched this no-hitter on something that I think was called leftover bobblehead night, of which some of those leftover bobbleheads were of Corey Kluber, of course, in a Texas Rangers uniform. But Corey Kluber also, nine innings pitched, nine strikeouts, This is the second time that Texas has been no-hit. So let's first focus on outstanding performances. Spencer Turnbull, Corey Kluber, great stories there, especially for Kluber, a resurgence of his career. This is a guy who's looked every bit the ace that he was with the Cleveland Indians. And Spencer Turnbull, a young pitcher with a lot of talent that I think is going to be very good. He's still got a chance to be really, really good and obviously delivered a great performance. But that makes... Six no-hitters this year in Major League Baseball. Of course, seven if you count the one that, for some reason, is not counted, which is the Madison Bumgarner no-hitter in Atlanta. And look, if it's going to be on the schedule, if it's going to be an official game, if they're only scheduled to play seven innings, I think everybody knows how I feel by now, it should count as a no-hitter. Nevertheless, we've got six no-hitters. But a lot of people are asking, what, what's going on? Is, is it the balls? Is it the launch angle? Is it guys trying to hit home runs? Is it guys throwing 100 miles an hour? Well, I mean, look, John Means doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. He threw a no-hitter. Corey Kluber doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. He threw a no-hitter. Spencer Turnbull throws decently hard, but he doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. So what's going on? And I learned an interesting tidbit, coincidentally, as I was listening to the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast, I heard earlier this year that Major League Baseball was going to add humidors to another five stadiums. So that would make a total of, I think it's 10. Matter of fact, yes, it is 10 that have the humidor. And the humidor, as you've read, or as you may not have read, 
is something that keeps the balls moister and basically, as described in many articles, makes the game fairer for the pitcher, right? So let's let's think about that. It makes the game fairer for the pitcher. The first place to get a humidor, of course, Coors Field in Colorado. Makes a bit of sense, right? Because they were having a tough time attracting pitching talent. It's the hardest place to pitch in Major League Baseball. Ton of runs scored there. And then after that, you had four other locations that got humidors. Arizona in the desert place that saw a lot of offense, particularly with that roof open before they got the humidor in there. And then the other parks, eh, Boston, Fenway Park, okay. Decent offensive park, I could see it. And then the New York Mets and Seattle at T-Mobile, where the Mariners play, where the Mariners have been no hit twice this season. Okay, so what are the five new parks? Because earlier on this year, I tried to research this, because this is important if you're playing daily fantasy sports. You want to know where offense is going to be suppressed. You want to know where the game is going to be, quote-unquote, fairer for the pitcher, i.e., a little bit less fair for the hitters if we're being honest about this, right? So, where are those places? Well, Houston, and again, here's a place that has skewed more towards a pitcher's park for the most part. Roof there is almost never open due to the humidity and the uh, rainfall in Houston. So, Houston, Miami, which you almost never see offense there to begin with anyway, but I get it. Miami, it's hot and humid if they ever open the roof, which they rarely do. Okay, no problem. St. Louis, Okay, that makes a little bit of sense why maybe we're seeing a little bit less offense in St. Louis this year. Toronto, which I'm going to assume, because I don't know 100%, that that's going to be in the Sky Dome and not in Dunedin, because we've seen a ton of offense in Dunedin so far this year. It's a smaller park, hotter weather. And the fifth place in Texas, in Globe Life Field, a place that... Because, again, hot temperatures, rainstorms, thunderstorms, you don't see the roof open all that often anyway, has a tendency to suppress offense as it is. So, now, we have 10 parks that have humidors that we know of. Uh, That's as of right now that I know of. And we have six, I count, seven no-hitters this year. So, you've got Musgrove and Kluber in Texas, humidor. You've got John Means and Spencer Turnbull just this past week in Seattle. Humidor. You've got Carlos Rodon in Chicago on a night where it was 45 degrees. So cold weather is something that suppresses offense normally, not discounting his performance by any means. And then you've got Madison Bumgarner, who pitched a no-hitter that doesn't count, according to Major League Baseball, in Atlanta in a doubleheader, a seven-inning doubleheader. Now, I was all for the seven-inning doubleheaders last year because you needed to get those games in. You needed to protect players. You needed to make sure that you could get the testing. And with players missing games because of protocols, it just made a ton of sense. Kept it for this year. It's unintentional, but the other thing that suppresses offense is having fewer innings. So you have a seven-inning no-hitter, and then Wade Miley against the Cleveland Indians. Can't help you there. Uh, Really good performance. Now, this doesn't take anything away, again, from... These performances, but the fact that four of six no hitters this year have occurred in parks with humidors is worth noting. And just as Major League Baseball talks about the Atlantic League going to experiment with moving the pitcher's mound back a foot because they want to have more offense, right? So they want to have more offense. Look, 
That's a symbolic gesture that's going absolutely nowhere. But here's the thing. You want to have more offense? Dump the humidors and stop manipulating the baseballs. Outside of that, a lot of things other than no-hitters and baseballs and talking about suppressed offense happened this week. Actually, a ton of offense on Friday night, a ton of offense on Sunday afternoon, and a couple of really interesting stories. Look, Tony La Russa has been in the news this week. Tony La Russa, it, it kind of made news. Uh, it didn't kind of make news. It made a lot of news when the Chicago White Sox hired Tony. A lot of people questioned the move, but with the White Sox doing well, I think they're still in first place as of right now in the American League Central. It's a little bit harder, but he took some heat because your mean Mercedes, who's been one of the most exciting rookies in baseball this year to watch, your mean Mercedes hit a 3-0 pitch long out of the park off a position player in a blowout win. And Tony went out and said, look, that's not how this game should be played. I'm just going to stop right there. Obviously, the Twins threw at him the next day. The manager and the pitcher got ejected. You know the whole story by now, but here's the thing. A couple of things. One, first and foremost, your mean Mercedes is in a Major League Baseball game. Your mean Mercedes is a rookie. I don't know any of, the, any of the details right now about his rookie contract, how long it goes for, what have you. Your mean Mercedes is paid to play baseball. And if you're playing a baseball game, you do what you can to help your team. Regardless of the score, you do what you, t- you can to play the game as hard as you can. And guess what? When your mean Mercedes is a second or third or fourth year player, he's going to go into arbitration. And your mean Mercedes can't afford, nor can any other player, to waste at-bats, to give at-bats away, to just go ahead and take a 3 nothing. I don't even want to call it a fastball, but basically a pitch down the middle and give that at-bat away because that at-bat is money. So if he sits and watches that pitch or rolls it over or does something nice to help the other team and just move the game along, he's taking money out of his own pocket. Tony La Russa has a way to avoid this. He could pull his starters. He could pull his starters, and he could put guys in that are bench players, maybe get them a couple of at-bats. Or Major League Baseball could solve this problem. Have a run rule. Just end the game when everyone decides that, hey, we don't want to play anymore because one team is winning by too many runs. Look, at the end of the day, the players are not going to cost themselves money by giving away at-bats, nor should they. There's got to be a better way to handle this, and the bottom line is, I think it's on the manager. Take the players out, put some bench guys in, or put some pitchers up to hit if you're concerned you don't want to score any other runs. I think much ado about nothing here, to be honest, in the long run, because the White Sox are playing well. It's a bump in the road. Let's move past this story. But, hey, if we're going to talk about how the game should be played, then you got to change the arbitration rules too and say, okay, we're going to take these at-bats that were in games where you really shouldn't have been trying too hard away. But I digress. Big injury stories. The New York Mets, a lot of excitement in New York, new ownership, some good pitching, new additions, Frankie Lindor, young players that were coming into their own, guys like Dominic Smith, Pete Alonso, Mike Conforto, and Brandon Nemo. Well, three of the guys I just mentioned, and the biggest ones, of course, Pete Alonso just going on the injured list this week. And the Mets are down to a roster that, on an everyday playing basis, consists of having guys like Cameron Mabin, who they just acquired, hitting in the three or four hole, Khalil Lee, 
hitting in the lineup every day and playing, and Janishway Fargus playing in the lineup every day. Just a sad, difficult time for the New York Mets. But there is good news on the horizon. Jacob deGrom, I think, is finally healthy. Scheduled to come off the injured list and start on Tuesday against the Colorado Rockies. So we'll keep an eye on the injuries for the New York Mets moving forward. That'll be a story that gets a lot of coverage both in New York and around the country. A lot of great baseball being played this weekend. A lot of offense, as I talked about on Friday and Sunday, in particular offense out of the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. The Dodgers go into San Francisco and sweep the Giants, looks like, despite their injuries, including Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager on the injured list, are coming around and starting to put it all together. No surprise, Dave Roberts... I didn't like so much how Dave managed his pitching staff. Of course, a lot of that had to do with the impact of daily fantasy sports. But I have to say that Dave is really, beginning with the playoffs last year, looks like he's just a completely different manager in terms of the way he manages this team. And every move that he makes seems to work out on a nightly basis. So the Dodgers getting hot at the right time in San Francisco. And then the San Diego Padres, no surprise it coincides with Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back into the lineup. They sweep the Seattle Mariners at home over the weekend. Fernando Tatis Jr., another two home runs, including a grand slam on Sunday. And yeah, he did some dancing, and he did some jumping, and he did some celebrating. And I love to see it, and we should love to see it. And it's just good for the game. Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the best players in the game. And I want to see more excitement, not less, out of guys like your mean Mercedes. So on the Monday night, six-game slate, I'm going to talk about some pitching, talk about some hitting. I mentioned offense, a little bit more difficult to come by. Might not be a night that I fully stack. Might be something along the lines of a 3-3-2. We're looking to mix and match some of the best hitters in the best spots at those positions just because of the of the way that the pitching matches up. Some pretty good pitchers on the slate. Brandon Woodruff, Lance Lynn, John John Means, as I mentioned earlier. But at the top of the range, I have to go with Blake Snell. 8.9K on DraftKings. He's facing the Brewers in Milwaukee. We were waiting for Blake to get it together. A really slow start to the season. Just not going deep in games. And quite frankly, just not pitching all that well. But he did put it all together his last start against the Colorado Rockies. And it's not because of that start, because I like Blake Snell in this matchup. But the Padres go into Milwaukee. They've been playing really, really good baseball. And he gets a Brewers team that is really struggling to put it together against left-handed pitching. Just really have no answers for left-handed pitching. Blake Snell... A 33% strikeout rate on the season. The Milwaukee Brewers, 25% strikeout rate against left-handed pitching over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I think with the way that Blake is going to attack this lineup, I think the way that the lineup sets up, I think just think they're going to be better over the course of the season against right-handed pitching than left-handed. So, I think his price is still a little bit depressed at that 8.9K price point. So I'm going to go with Blake Snell as my priority starting pitcher one on DraftKings on this slate. There's a couple of options that we could go to. You could pay up, of course. You could go in the same game. 
and take Brandon Woodruff, although the Padres have just been so hot. Weighted run creation of over 150 over the last couple of weeks. Don't know if it's a spot that I want to pay nearly 11K for Brandon Woodruff. As good as he is, <clears throat> just seems like maybe this Padres team is going to be able to string together a few runs, and that's really all it takes to cause that price point to not be met. You've got Lance Lynn, who's in a pretty decent matchup against the St. Louis Cardinals. But if we're looking to pay down, I think there's maybe two or three options. But the one that I'm going to pick for this slate is one that I don't think a lot of people are going to pick. I'm going to play a guy who I think can do well and also a guy that I don't think is going to get a lot of ownership, at least as of right now. And that is Austin Gomber. That you didn't expect me to say that name. But the Rockies and Austin Gomber go into New York to take on the Mets that I talked about who have been just hammered by injuries and playing what is the top of the order, certainly major league caliber players, but that five through nine is really more of a double A, triple A lineup. Austin Gomber on the course of the year, much better than anybody expected him to be, including in Colorado, even though this game is in City Field in New York. Austin Gomer with a 24% strikeout rate. The Mets over the course of the last week, a 26% strikeout rate against left-handed pitching. And hey, guess what? Austin Gomer pitches in City Field, which is a humidor park. It's not just a pitcher's park. It's a humidor park. So let's call it that. So that's my starting pitcher, too, as of right now. Again, I could change my mind. Anything could change over the course of the next, I don't know, 12 to 18 hours before lock which is why you should visit Run Pure Sports and join. Use code RPSHEATER25 to become a member. Get 25% off of your first month's payment. We've got core plays, a playbook. We've got a Discord. We've got all sorts of great minds about Major League Baseball and all sports to help you no matter what you play. So runpuresports.com, just in case. I'm not going to stick with Austin Gomber as my starting pitcher, too, on DraftKings for this slate. Offenses, I think, like I said, I don't know if I'm going to full stack here just yet. Just there's some. It's Monday night. All of these teams traveled. Offense seems to be a little bit depressed, even more so than normal in the Ubidor Parks on Monday night. But there's a couple of spots that I like. And I'm going to start with the Minnesota Twins against John Means. Look, I think John Means is a really good pitcher. I do. But I'm going to pick out a couple of guys in this lineup that... I think can do well in this matchup, and certainly John Means has a pretty poor bullpen behind him. And the Minnesota Twins, over the course of the last couple of weeks, awaited run creation against left-handed pitchers of 126. So they're seeing the ball well against left-handed pitchers, and there's two guys in particular that I think can take advantage of this matchup. One of the hottest hitters on the planet right now finally awakened over the weekend, over the last four to five days, Miguel Sano, 4.5K on DraftKings. think he can certainly have success against John Means and the bullpen in this matchup. And then a guy who's been a little bit quiet, again, injuries over the beginning of this season, but the bringer of rain. Josh Donaldson, salary, price point, all the way down to 4.4K on DraftKings in this matchup. I really like those two guys at the first base and third base position. Second team that I'm going to look to pick off a couple of players from. Talked a little bit about Robbie Grossman in the open. Robbie Grossman, my prize picks play. I do like some of these Detroit Tigers against Sam Hentges. Robbie Grossman, 4.7K uh, in the leadoff spot. 
Sam Hentges, he's got the highest expected ERA on the slate at 7.56, and he's giving up nearly three home runs, 2.93 home runs per nine innings. So if Grossman can get on and maybe a couple of the guys after him, in particular, surprise, surprise, a guy who doesn't seem to age, Miguel Cabrera, Miggy, 3.4K on DraftKings, hit two home runs on Friday night, seems to be seeing the ball really, really well, in particular against left-handed pitching. And then Eric Haas, a guy who's come out of nowhere but is hitting the ball well. One of three catchers that the Tigers uh, roster on a nightly basis. Obviously, they're not all playing catcher. One of them is is the designated hitter. And one of them is usually at first base or the outfield, just the way the DraftKings classifies the positions. So Eric Haas, 3.4K, along with Miggy Cabrera and Robbie Grossman, guys that I like in this matchup against Sam Hentges tonight. All right, so let's close it out with the bets of the night for the Monday night slate. Not a lot of lines up. I'm recording this on Sunday night, but a couple that I think have some value. The Minnesota Twins money line, they are hosting Baltimore. Again, John Means is starting, but you've got that bullpen behind him, and Minnesota have been playing much, much better against left-handed pitching. The money line sits at minus 106. So Minnesota Twins money line, minus 106. I think they get the job done against John Means and the Baltimore Orioles bullpen. And then San Diego at Milwaukee. San Diego just so, so hot. I know they're facing Brandon Woodruff and a fairly decent Milwaukee Brewer bullpen behind him. Josh Hader should be available, but they're just really hitting right-handed pitching well. They're really hitting all types of pitching well. And the San Diego Padre money line is at minus 106. I think there's good value in that as well. So Minnesota Twins money line and the San Diego Padres money line, both at 106. If you need assistance, if you need help, if you're struggling, wondering who you should pick, who you should select to bet on this slate, that's no problem. Go to rumpyourbets.com and you can see all of our guys, JJ, Tyler, the sports keg, again, the greatest name that I've seen in sports commentating sports keg love that guy they'll help you out they'll tell you which way to go they'll tell you what they like on the monday night slate and then for prize picks obviously we have our guy luke luke has a model we all love the model but luke's model will tell you who the best values are and where he thinks the best picks are for your prize picks lineups and of course slate could change we're going to get umpire information there's going to be weather information that's going to be updated. So rumpuresports.com. Use code RPSHEATER25. You'll get 25% off of your first month's payment. Like this video and subscribe to the Mayo Media Network so we can keep bringing you this type of content. Good luck in your contests.